Good morning, everyone. This is a reading from Matthew 11, 28, 28 to 30. Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Good morning again. Thank you, Val, for reading. Thanks, uh, Ella Rose and Henry, for reading too, and our band, and uh, Jane for bringing some Christmas presents to church this morning. Uh, It's been a great time together so far. Uh, And as I said before, I'm glad that uh, you could come and spend part of your Christmas morning uh, with us here at Trinity Church Brighton today. I wonder wonder what Christmas morning typically looks like in your household. Uh, We have a two-year-old daughter, Lucy, who was uh, up here opening a present before, and Uh, Kind of this is the first year she really has sort of at least anticipated Christmas and uh, sort of known a bit about what Christmas is. Uh, So there's been lots of excitement in our family this year, lots of uh, anticipation. And for the past few weeks, lots of people have been asking Lucy what she wants for Christmas. Uh, And every single time, she's given exactly the same answer. I want either a bike or a carrot. And Annika and I had a good look at our bank account and... um, Needless to say, uh, a happy girl opened an orange carrot this morning. Uh, it was a great morning in our house. You'll have to come and ask, ask me afterwards if there's another present coming on later as well. Uh, but I wonder if I was to ask you that question this morning, what you would say. What, you want, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, that's obviously a question we tend to ask kids, right? Because, um, you know, they're really excited about the presents. Uh, but as we get older, we probably don't necessarily think straight away of a present quite so much. Maybe... Uh, Maybe what you want for Christmas is something just a little bit less concrete. You know, maybe you want a nice day celebrating uh, with the ones that you care about. Maybe you kind of just want to actually just get through the day and get to the end of it without too much family drama. Maybe that's you this morning. Uh, Maybe what you want for Christmas after a busy week is uh, just a day that's fairly restful. Maybe Maybe the best thing you could have for Christmas would be uh, to be left, in, uh, left alone for an hour this afternoon uh, to get in a nap on the couch after lunch. Uh, maybe what you want for Christmas is to make lots of fun memories and have lots of laughter and have lots of fun and excitement. Uh, that's, that's certainly more the vibe that my family's Christmas goes for. We're not very serious. We're quite uh, relaxed. We, we have lots of fun. Uh, I shared with those who are at church a couple of weeks ago uh, that my extended family is up in the hills and they have some sort of scrub Land. So a few weeks ago, uh, we went out to do things the old-fashioned way and cut down, a, cut down our own Christmas tree, uh, kind of fun. And unfortunately, uh, the, the tree that we, clo- we chose, it was actually looking pretty good. And then we couldn't fit it in the house, so we had to kind of lop the top off. And then it still wouldn't fit, so we had to kind of lop the bottom off. Um, and eventually it did fit, and this was the result. Here you go. Thanks, Lara. Um, I didn't think it was too bad. Like, it's a, you know, it's a little bit not picture perfect, but I quite liked it. A few around the family were saying things like, this is the worst Christmas ever. Um, but, you know, maybe it is a little bit munted, but I didn't mind it too much. 
Um, unfortunately, though, this is, this is part two of the story that I haven't shared yet. Unfortunately, though, it turns out the tree we found wasn't even that healthy, and so after about a week, it started to go brown and die. So um, actually, for the first time ever this year, we decided that we needed uh, plan B. And so just on the weekend, we went and got this Christmas tree. Um, yeah, yeah. Very unique, I thought. Very unique. It's actually harder than you think to go and find sort of beautiful-looking pine trees just out in the forest, you know. Um, yeah, they don't, they don't necessarily look so beautiful when they just grow naturally. But, you know, good result, I think. Um, look, all, all this stuff is good fun. This is, you know, kind of the fun we have. And uh, we'll go up to my, my parents' place this afternoon for family lunch. Um, we'll have lots of fun. My dad, um, my dad grew up on a cherry orchard, so there'll be lots of cherries. Uh, normally, we have an annual cherry spitting competition. Uh, we'll stand on the side of the veranda and line up and chew our cherries and see who can spit that stone the furthest out into the grass. Um, I'm not sure if it'll be sort of, you know, COVID safe and we'll be able to play it today, but um, we'll see how people are feeling. Um, maybe, maybe this is the sort of thing that Christmas is to you. It's, it's fun, it's exciting, it's, a, it's just a fun day of doing kind of silly stuff with the people you care about. Um, but what I want us to talk about today is that as much as what we want for Christmas might be a day of fun or a day uh, with others or a day with those we care about, uh, the reality is that for some of us, maybe for lots of us actually, there is another side to uh, all the celebration. Um, we, uh, we've been giving out copies of this book through December this year. It's called A Very Different Christmas. Uh, you would see copies on the, on the seats around you. Uh, they're free, so feel free to grab one and, and have a read when you get home or, or tomorrow. They're our Christmas gift to you if you'd like to take one. Uh, and the author of the book, uh, Rico Tice, he really nails down what we're talking about in the introduction of the book. This is what he says. Uh, let me just read this quote for you. He says... For some, though, Christmas Day isn't about panic shopping or tricky diplomacy. It's about quiet disappointment or even desperation. To borrow from Charles Dickens, Christmas is both the best of times and the worst of times. It's a time of joy and loneliness, of excitement and despair, often within the same family and even in the same heart. For many of us, there's lots of sadness wrapped up with all the tinsel each Christmas. There's grief nestled amongst the presents. My children will be three and five this Christmas, and there will be such joy in watching them open their presents, but there will also be sadness, because my mother, who loved planning, wrapping, and giving presents, was always the cornerstone of our Christmas, and she won't be there this year. So many of us, even as we open our gifts, are aware of the empty chair at the table, or are crushed because we're, only, we're the only person there. For some of us, at one level, we're just hoping to make it through December. I think... Um, that's right, isn't it? For lots of us, Christmas is the really fun day, uh, but for many of us, there is another side to it all. It, it is still a day of fun, but at the same time, it's also a day of pain, of sadness, of, of grief or loss. And as much as we might want, you know, the day of fun, celebration and being with the ones that we love, that's just sometimes not what Christmas delivers. And of course, this is especially true this year, isn't it? Living here in South Australia, this really has become... A Christmas unlike any other. We, we, we called our Christmas series this year a very different Christmas. Uh, we didn't realise how right we were going to be. Hundreds of COVID cases each day, exposure sites everywhere. Uh, we have a number of people here in our church family who, uh, instead of being here with us at the moment, are staying home under orders to isolate and won't be able to go and see people this Christmas. Sometimes we might uh, know what we want for Christmas, but the reality is we're not always in control. We can't always get the things that we want. 
And particularly this year, I think we're being reminded that this world is not one where we have everything figured out. It's not a world where we're always in control. We live in a world of brokenness, a world where things can go wrong, a world where we're not in control of everything. And maybe, maybe some years, you know, we kind of, we work hard and we get everything organised and, you know, maybe for a day you celebrate Christmas and everything does feel right in the world and everything goes really well and I'm, I'm sure for lots of us today we will have a really great day, a great day of celebration. Uh, but I also don't want us to be fooled. We should be reminded that the world is just as broken on December 25th as it is every other day of the year. I'm sure the further on in life, uh, the more clear this becomes. The further on in life we get, the clearer this becomes. We might have lots of beautiful Christmases that we cherish, but over time we start to lose people or lose relationships. And slowly but surely, Christmas doesn't quite feel the same. It doesn't give us that same hope and optimism that maybe it used to. So where does, where does this leave us? Christmas can be a great day, but it can also be a hard day. All the fun and celebrations of Christmas can help us forget the troubles of the world, but they also don't make the brokenness any less real. And so what I want us to do today, just for a couple of minutes, is to consider the Bible's version of Christmas. Because the Christmas of the Bible is actually a little bit different to what we might sometimes think about Christmas. I want to help us actually see today that the Christmas of the Bible actually does provide a real deep sense of hope, a real deep reason for celebrating. And partly that's because the Christmas of the Bible doesn't sugarcoat what the world is like. The Christmas of the Bible is is actually all about brokenness. It's a story that doesn't gloss over the brokenness. It doesn't try and pretend things are better than they are. The, The Bible's Christmas story actually deals with the world as it actually is. It says that the world is dark, full of pain, brokenness, death, all the things we see around us. And into this world of brokenness came Jesus. And Jesus was born 2,000 years ago, not to give us a reason to forget about the world's troubles for one day a year. He was born not so that we could distract ourselves from the brokenness with all the pretty lights and the fun traditions, He was born into this world of brokenness to offer a way out of the brokenness, to save us from the darkness. And so the story of Jesus, it isn't about smiling and pretending everything in the world is okay. It isn't about putting on lots of pressure to create this perfect Christmas where everyone's happy and everything feels okay. Jesus came into the world knowing that the world was broken. And so he expects us to be Some of these emotions that Jane was talking about, maybe tired, maybe overwhelmed, maybe weary. That's what comes from living in a world where we aren't in control, where where things are hard. And as he said in those words that Val read out for us, Jesus said he came for those who are weary. He came for those who are broken. He came for those who are tired. And to those who are weary and to those who are feeling broken and tired and overwhelmed and all the other things we spoke about this morning, Jesus said, come to me, come to me and I will give you rest. When Jesus is talking about rest, he's not talking about that afternoon nap after Christmas lunch. He's talking about a real sense of rest, rest from the world's brokenness, a feeling that comes from having hope of knowing that even if we're not in control, that there is a God who is in control. And who cares about us? That rest is a feeling that comes from knowing that 
something has actually been done about the world's brokenness. When Jesus died, he dealt with sin, the thing that the Bible says is at the core of the world's problems. The rest Jesus offers is a feeling that comes from knowing that there is a real hope for the future. When Jesus rose again, he was showing us that for those who follow him, even death doesn't have to be the end of the story. Uh, The Bible says that like Jesus came and walked the earth a couple of thousand years ago, he was born, he really will come back to earth one day again. And when he does, he will bring about a new world, a world that the Bible describes as a place of eternal rest. Not an eternity of sitting on the couch, but an eternity of living in a world that's been put right, a world where we actually can feel like we're in control again, when things actually will be how they were meant to be. Where those deep desires we have, the things that we want for Christmas, hope, the relationships, the joy, the fun, those, those deep desires will actually be fully and properly met. And not just for one day, but for eternity. This is the Bible's hope of Christmas. Not that the world is all perfect and beautiful for a day. It's very accurate and honest about how the world is. And the Bible gives hope that God really came into this broken world. And he came to offer more. He came to offer the hope of true rest. And can I say, if this Christmas you're feeling the brokenness, if you're feeling the pain of the world, I'm very sorry to hear that, but I want you to know that the Bible doesn't sugarcoat what you're going through. It doesn't say to put up the lights and just pretend everything's okay. But it does encourage you to come to Jesus. Coming to Jesus doesn't magically and immediately zap away hardship. But Jesus does offer a real hope, a hope that things will one day be better. And he does say, if you come to him, he will give you rest. He will fill you with that deeper hope, that deeper joy and energy that will keep you going. He gives us real and lasting reasons to celebrate at Christmas time. We're going to stand and sing again in a moment. I'll ask the band to come up. I'm going to sing about the one who stepped into the brokenness of the world to offer this real, deep sense of hope. Let's stand and we'll sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel.